0: Welcome to the Berkhamstead Spotlight, Berkhamstead School's podcast channel. Join our weekly guests from inside the classroom to behind the scenes of our day-to-day activities through to life beyond Berkhamstead School. Find out what it's really like to be part of our remarkable community. Remarkable community indeed. Today we are revisiting our pastoral podcast featuring our Chief People Officer, Tracy Evans, and Dr Cathy Weston from Tooled Up Education. Berkhamsted Schools Group are partnering with Tooled Up Education to provide access for parents to their large resource of a truly inspiring online digital library of evidence-based resources on all aspects of parenting, education and family life. Berkhamsted and Tooled Up Education will be hosting Dr Cathy in a webinar for parents on 21st of March to run through the details of this provision. So if you're a parent listening to this podcast, please make sure you refer to your email of how to sign up. But for now, let's delve into the world of pastoral care and how this is such a large part of life at Berkhamstead School. Tracy and Cathy, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. How are you both?
1: Morning, Simon. Um, I'm very well, thank you. Raring to go for another week with, yeah, lots of energy and enthusiasm. Yes, well, thank
2: you, Simon. Although the weather does look very, very dull, we're hoping for a brighter week towards the end of it.
0: Yeah, a brighter week would be good. I, I think that given the last 12, 15 months, I think we all deserve a bit of a, a brighter week. Uh, we need a bit of sunshine in our lives, and, uh, and I'm sure it's coming soon. So, uh, and of course, we've got summer holidays coming up as well, so that's a good chance for hopefully a good bit of sunshine to come through. Now, in this episode, we're going to be looking at pastoral care, uh, and I think it's probably good if we dive straight into it, actually, uh, because we've got quite a bit to unpack in this. Tracy, first of all, can you tell Mm. us why pastoral care is such an important factor within school life at Berkhamstead?
1: Yes, well, Simon, pastoral care really underpins every other aspect of school life at Berkhamsted, and we see it as essential for young people to not only flourish beyond their school years but it's a goal for students to feel respected, valued, supported, encouraged and, and challenged to do their very best. Um, We recognise that if children are struggling with their well-being, it's unlikely that they're able to flourish academically or in their extracurricular endeavours. So we aim to help students to understand that difficulties or problems and disappointments are just normal parts of the learning journey. And we provide guidance and support to help them overcome and move forward with confidence and healthy levels of self-esteem.
0: So tell me a little bit more then about how that support is provided to the children as they start at a young age and get older as they progress through the school. How does it change? Mm.
1: Well, um... Well, every child um, from from their starting point within the sort of the pre-prep years um, is part of a a group, a teacher's group, a class. um, And their care is very much provided by their teacher and their teaching assistant. And they know the children very, very well and have strong relationships with with the parents. As the child progresses into the senior school, they become part of a a house system. So Mm -hmm. they have a sense of belonging as being part of a house. And they are looked after in year groups by a tutor. So that hmm. tutor will have responsibility for sort of ten children, who are, and, and that's that somebody that's looking out for their their needs, their well-being needs, and their pastoral needs. But also keeping an eye on how those pastoral and well-being factors of the child might be affecting their academic um, achievements. So just looking after the whole child. Hmm.
0: And what might you say to someone who's perhaps of a slightly older generation who kind of thinks to themselves, well, all of that sort of stuff is down to the parents to do and it's down to the school just to provide an education and, and nothing else. What might you say to someone like that?
1: What I'd say is that, that as... as Things have moved on and children spend um, uh, longer in a school environment and they they spend longer at school than than they do potentially at home um, Mm. for most children. And that it it can't just fall as being with one person. Um, And I think that the the relationship between the school, the home, the child, it is absolutely vital for Mm. children reaching their full potential and feeling safe and feeling that, that, that they are surrounded by people that know them and have their best interests at heart. And so that sort of relationship between the school and home is, is absolutely vital.
0: Mm. Tracy, that's really good to hear. And uh, that's very reassuring as well, actually. Let's jump across to Kathy. Kathy, just tell us a little bit about your work and what it is that you do, what, what your connection is with the school.
2: Yes, so I'm actually a criminologist by background and then I worked for many, many years as an education researcher, at which point I was a parent myself and uh, basically ended up working alongside teachers in a sort of school of education at University of Hertfordshire. And that's where I sort of realised that there was this exciting space in between the work that teachers and schools do and the work that we do at home as a parent. And I really wanted to begin to sort of you know, mediate between those two worlds. And I started trying to look for um, within the research evidence tips and resources that parents could benefit from knowing or having and making sure that the home school partnership was working as optimally as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
2: when I set about I wrote a couple of books for teachers on working with parents and I also then uh, created a sort of a digital library of resources called tooled up education which I hope has become a sort of a one-stop shop of sort of evidence-based approaches to parenting family life and education
0: Mm, okay and tell us about tooled up education how does that actually work Uh, you know how does that look if if you're in the school or, or a parent and looking to to make use of that resource
2: so I think in the sort of modern world, it's so easy to just Google something. And I think as a researcher, I feel really passionately that we need to be you know, investing in access to very high quality information. Mm. Because when you actually look at the research, certainly around pastoral issues in schools, it can be quite complicated. And it's not easy to just find a simple answer. So I think Tooled Up was really about the curation of tips that come from the highest quality uh, research evidence that a busy loving parent like me or you, you know, we can apply easily in our parenting the next day. So Mm Tilt Up is a sort of a digital library where you can listen to podcasts or download tip sheets or, you know, read the latest information on teenage sleep. Um, and have confidence in it, and um, mm. I think if you sort of just google stuff you 're not really sure who 's written it mm. um, and I really pride myself on staying very closely connected to the research that is emerging out of british academia and uh, you know we We have an extraordinarily brilliant research community, certainly mm-hmm. in the area of mental health in Britain, mm-hmm. and I think it 's fantastic to be able to mine that. Right for information that is going to be highly relevant uh, to school communities. Because, you know, teachers or pastoral staff in schools, they're very, very busy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're really busy. I don't think people appreciate how busy they are. And -hmm. they need everyone to support them. They need support as well. So Mm -hmm. as parents, we need to support them. We, you know, as a researcher, I need to be able to share the latest research evidence with them quickly so that when they're working with that child on a one-to-one basis or a family in the school environment you know they know exactly what's going on in the larger landscape across other schools and they don't feel so sort of alone with the issue and Mm. they're able to really um you know use the best possible uh, tips and advice to share with parents because as tracy very wisely said this is an absolute partnership children in order. In order to thrive optimally they must have schools and pa- teachers parents pastoral staff everyone working together it is not up to schools to solve you know the mental health crisis um, that we're currently seeing among mm. our children and young people we have to work together and support one another
0: mm. it would be great to look at that a little bit closer that parent partnership tracy tell us a little bit about how that works at Berkhamsted. why that's so important
1: well uh, I mean, it's so important for all the reasons that, that Kathy has, that has just outlined. Um, but a, ch- a child comes to school to learn and to, to do the very, very best they can. And, and, and a child comes to school um, with expectations that they have for themselves. Mm-hmm. They come to school with expectations that they think that their parents have for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they come to school and they have expectations um, that, that they put upon themselves um, because they think that's also how the school wants them to perform. And it's really, really important that that, that relationship between the teachers, the, the, the school and the parents is, is, is two way. We don't want to be in a position where we are just constantly contacting parents when there is a problem. Or Mm -hmm. parents are contacting us when they have a problem with something that they perceive to be possibly an injustice. Mm -hmm. It's important that that phone can be picked up, that email can be sent either way with this is what your child did really well today. And I think it's really important that you know that as a parent and vice versa, a parent to sometimes email or call in to say, my child really really enjoyed this or they were really really Mm. helped by this person so that we can continue to manage expectations and 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 to develop our pastoral care further and we Mm. work really really closely with not just not it's not just the teaching staff but we have a very very um, strong counselling team Mm -hmm. we have a chaplaincy within the school we have a nurse we have a set a group of nurses and the children know exactly where they can go at any one time to get that support Mm. and the joined up thinking and the communication between all of those interested parties is vital for that relationship between home and school to to Mm. thrive. Mm. I
2: think I would add to that, Tracy, that, you know, the school does all those fantastic things, you know, and they've thought it through so beautifully. But I think on the parent side, I always say to parents, you know, who are you sending in to school every day? And I think it's exciting because I always have that sort of metaphor of passing the baton. So between parent and, and school. And, you know, if a parent is sending in a child every day who's well slept, who these sound like simple things, but who's who feels loved, who feels valued, who feels good about themselves, they are much more likely to 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 benefit and reap the the rewards of being in a fantastic school environment like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important that I think in my role, uh, I'm very keen to reiterate and emphasize to parents that uh, you know the school it has to pick up the baton from us every morning or at the beginning of the, you know, the, the new term in September. And we have a very powerful and important role to play to make sure we're doing everything we can, down to making sure our children have a great breakfast you know, ahead of the school day. We know from the research that's one of the most powerful things that you can possibly do in order to help your child learn and concentrate at school. So it, it's not just up to schools. And I think one of the beautiful things is when you hear about all the things going on in an environment like Burko that you just think, wow, you know, imagine as a parent how I can really enhance my child's ability to thrive in that environment by mm. doing a few simple things at home.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. And and becoming a parent is a, is a daunting experience, and there's and there is no handbook. Um, mm-hmm. You know, raising a child does not come with with a handbook for everybody to follow. And and so, what one of the things that we we, we do here is to to inform parents about when is a good time to have this conversation with your children. Mm-hmm. And so that encouraging parents to um, explore things with their children that that they may not necessarily have thought A was important or was my job because they might that they'll be covering that at school of course and and yes I mean you know just just last week with the with the release of the Ofsted the, the latest Ofsted report into um, sexual harassment and things in school you know we wrote to parents and we said look here's the report um, this is what we're working with um, all of the time um, but these are the sorts of conversations that you that you need to have um, around the table at home to, mm. to to prepare your children for the things they're going to hear at school and of course if the child is hearing the same thing at home as what they're hearing at school there is that sort of that partnership um, is being um, is, is being demonstrated to the child
0: mm. it's that joined up thinking that you mentioned isn't it
1: it is it's it, it absolutely is there is no right or wrong way to do things but the most important thing is is to is to do them to have those mm. conversations mm. and and you know if you get into trouble call the school and we'll help out
2: yeah I think the on the issue of what you've just mentioned, sort of that theme of that Ofsted are looking into and the whole movement around everyone's invited has highlighted the desperate need for brave conversations at home. Early on, never, ever to be afraid, even with younger children talking about relationships, body boundaries, you know, all those lovely things. And we as the parents have something different to offer in those conversations, It's going to be different to what goes on in a classroom environment. So together we can cover all bases. Yeah. And that's why I think one of the sort of not mistakes but the things potentially that that parents may fall into is is as Tracy mentioned sort of leaving those braver conversations to the school but I think that we as the parent need to have need to be able to create a culture within family life where our children can ask us anything and they need multiple. Different types of people, in different adults, to ask different things too in their life. So I think together you can hear that that sort of diversification Mm. um, of being able to access. Maybe they'd speak to Tracy. Maybe they'd speak to their form tutor. Maybe they'd speak to someone else. Maybe they'd speak to some of their classmates. But everyone has something to offer in this space. So I think it's Mm. it's an optimal approach. Um, to sort of map out for your child um, at any point in the school year. Who do you you feel you can speak to? Who's Mm -hmm. there for you in school? Who's there for you at home? And, you know, that is the way in which we'll sort of chip away at some of these larger, trickier conversations potentially.
0: Mm -hmm. So this sounds fantastic for when the children are actually at school, but tell me a little bit about how it prepares them for life after they leave Berkhamstead.
1: Well, it prepares them um, in, I mean, the, the most important thing, I think, is um, preparing a child for, for failure, for um, working, working with the parents, parents understanding that, that getting 100% in, in a test is, is not the be all or end all of everything. A child doing their very best, a child working as hard as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also the work that we do with children with coaching and, and empowering them to make their own decisions mm. and make their own mistakes, but then helping them to work through how you analyze what you've done, what you didn't do so well, how you can be better next time. Because when they leave school, They're going into a world where they will fail and they will have blocks in the road that they need to navigate their their way through. Mm. And we have to we have to help prepare them for that.
0: Mm. Kathy, in your role as working with Tooled Up Education, tell me about some of the ways that you've helped Berkhamsted think about optimal approaches to supporting pupils in the wake of the pandemic last year.
2: So I think that I was uh, at one point I was talking, I had the amazing opportunity of addressing all members of staff and just sort of giving them an overview on what I know about boosting pupil resilience. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, there were many nods in the audience because a lot, you know, everyone's already doing a lot of these things that we know the research evidence points to but it's quite mm-hmm. exciting to be mm. able to go into an environment like Berkhamstead and say you know let's just remind ourselves how critically important that lovely relationship is between a member of staff and a pupil that sense of what Tracy referred to earlier as school belonging mm. just a child feeling like they belong to Berkhamstead school and you know feel part of that school community that is an enormous what's called protective asset in terms of their resilience So sometimes, you know, in my experience, school staff are so altruistic and so kind Mm. that they never even, you know, think about how powerful and important they are. They just do Mm. this work so selflessly. Whereas Mm. in that talk, I was able to say, remember every single thing, every little thing that you're doing with Mm -hmm. that child is critically important. But the bigger things, you know, reiterating that sense of school, belonging, school, community, particularly during the pandemic, was absolutely essential. Mm -hmm. But all those lovely extracurricular activities, which Tracy mentioned, belonging to clubs is a lovely protective asset. Again, Mm -hmm. feeling that you're part of something, all those lovely matches or school plays, anything that they contribute, the way in which they're able to contribute to school life. But um, I was also able to just, you know, provide an overview to staff about where we were nationally um, with people mental health. And I think it's a sign of a great and innovative school that mm. school staff are always wanting to learn and mm. stay ahead of the research evidence. So they were very welcoming to that material on where we are, you know, where we are in terms of. You know, we know that anxiety, for example, is one of the largest mental health disorders in the country affecting children um, and teenagers. We have issues with teenage sleep nationally. So I think a great school will always want to learn, pay attention to that data, and then staff were able to take it away into their own, um, you know, uh, uh, sections within the school and, mm. and then reflect on it and uh, and to always sort of stay ahead of the curve. And that's applaudable. Mm.
0: Okay, so this is great news for staff then, and and you mentioned about resilience. So tell us a little bit about what parents can be doing along the lines of resilience with their children, especially over the summer holidays as they're preparing for them to come back in September again.
2: So some of the things that Tracy just mentioned which are you know right up my alley which is fantastic. Imagine the school is doing all that fantastic stuff encouraging children to think about their thinking to puzzle things out to you know see mistakes as part and parcel of learning and innovation and on the parent side we need to normalize mistakes in mm-hmm. in family life and not get anxious about them and mm-hmm. share the fact we all make mistakes. So that's how mm-hmm. I would come in. And also making sure parents praise uh, uh, effort and perseverance over performance. Mm-hmm. So for example if your child does get a hundred percent in the maths exam you know, it's 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 optimal to say, wow, you know, how did you do that? What mm. did you do to get you to that point rather than saying, Oh, you're amazing, you've got a hundred percent. You know, if my children get a hundred percent often I'll say, Wow, that sounds really boring, that test, <laughs> you know. You know Do you think you know so I think as a I think Tracy hinted at it and it's certainly extremely important If we as families and schools, if we can really get comfortable with children uh, accessing the uncomfortable, you know, Mm -hmm. they're not going to win everything. So overprotective parenting is not associated with positive mental health into early adulthood. Mm -hmm. So what you're hearing between us is the knowledge that, Uh, We need to put children into situations that are tricky, that are uncomfortable. So during the summer, I always tend to put my children into the deep end socially. I'll put them in a summer club where they don't know anyone. And I'm doing that because Uh when they're 18, I want them when they go off to uni, they don't know anyone, Uh that they'll be able to cultivate social support. So it's Uh very counterintuitive. For Mm. parents, certainly, to have to put their child in a sort of uncomfortable situation intellectually or socially, but it will always benefit them. And that is certainly something, you know, the staff at Berkhamstead know, but we parents maybe have to work a little bit harder Mm. Mm. on sort of, you know, because
1: it's quite difficult for us to to do Mm. that.
0: There's a good lesson in there for us all, coming from me as a parent as Well,
1: I think I think the um you know the child that falls over is uh, uh, at a very young age um and I'm and I'm thinking of my childhood which was a wonderful childhood but I fell over and it was up you get pick yourself up is there is there blood gushing from my knee no move on and I think I think it is that sort of you know within all of the all of the areas of school life and uh, and, and you know the life of a child developing mm. um, it is that you know If it's not broken, move on Mm, Um, mm. and, and, you know, tweaks along the way.
0: Mm. So we need to bring this episode to a close in a moment. But before we go, Tracy, as someone who works directly within uh, the heart of Berkhamsted School, what would you say your Mm. remarkable moment has been?
1: I'm going to have to say the remarkable moment for me was um, when the Queen visited in 2016. Mm. Um, It was an amazing day and, and it was amazing for me because it brought together staff, it brought children, parents and the community of Berkhamsted together for one common purpose mm. and it and, and, and it and it showed every aspect of Berkhamsted school and it's and its absolute finest. Everyone pulling together mm. um, in the same direction. And I think, you know, that's what we come to school for every day mm. Um, mm. to achieve the, the very, very best that we can as a as a group pulling together.
0: Mm. Thank you for that. And lastly, for anyone who's heard anything and might want to get in touch with any follow up question, what's the best way for anyone to get in touch with either of you? Well,
1: for me, from a school perspective, it's, you know, if you are part of the community at the moment, it's about getting in contact through your normal pastoral route um, and, and talking to your children's People that are caring for your children on a day to day basis. And for anybody interested in finding out more, who's prospective parents, um, then please just contact the the school through the switchboard and we're happy to talk. And I have
2: a website which is tooledupeducation.com and uh, I have uh, parents can submit questions of the week or read my blog, my weekly wisdom newsletter on that, or contact me directly via Twitter which is at parentengage.
0: Well, thank you, Cathy. And thank you, Tracy, And thank you both very much for your time. It's been really good talking to you today. And I really appreciate you giving up your time on a Monday morning to talk to us all about this. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Simon. Thank you.
0: So that's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school's website, berkhamstead.com. And our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.